This is episode number 571 with number one New York Times bestselling author and creator of The Whole 30, Melissa Hartwig. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Bernard Williams said, man never made any material as resilient as the human spirit. Ah, we've got a great one today with Melissa Hartwig, who is a certified sports nutritionist who also specializes in helping people change their relationship with food and create lifelong healthy habits. She is the co-creator of the original Whole30 program, a four-time New York Times bestselling author. And she has been featured by Dr. Oz, Good Morning America, The New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Details Shape, Outside Self, and ranked number 27 on the greatest top 100 most influential people in health and fitness in 2017. She has also presented more than 150 health and nutrition seminars worldwide and is a prominent keynote speaker on social media and branding, health trends, and entrepreneurship. And her new book, the Whole30 Day by Day, Your Daily Guide to Whole30 Success is out now. Now, this book has been transformational for my life and all the people that have gone through this program with me, it's been blowing my mind the results they're getting. So make sure you guys check that out. And what we cover today are Melissa's journey into and out of drug addiction and how she got clean. Also, how a growth mindset can help you let go of bad, negative, toxic habits the experience of doing a book tour with her ex-husband while they were separated and no one even knew what that was like. This was an interesting conversation. Also, the healthy way to get through a breakup, even when it's not a marriage, but also if it is a marriage. And also, what works to build a successful, connected online community? Melissa's built a massive community online of raving fans that buy anything that she sells. So this is a powerful one, guys, and make sure to share it with your friends. Take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story, lewishouse.com slash 571. Link that up and tag Melissa Hartwig to let both of us know that you're listening so we can connect to you over on Instagram or Twitter. Once again, I'm very excited about our guest today. It's none other than the one and only Melissa Hartwig. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Okay, quick math. 
The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We have Melissa Hartwig in the house. Good to see you. So good to see you, you too. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. You're my first interview that I've done in a few weeks because I've been on my book tour. Yeah. So I'm finally back home in the studio. It feels good to be back and uh, connecting with someone. So I'm very excited about this because you're the co-creator of Whole30 Program. Yeah. Which I started, I think, a year ago. Maybe I can't remember if it was a year ago, eight months ago. My girlfriend, Jen, told me we should check this out. And I was like, man, I have to give up so much, yeah. right? <laughs> but I did, and I, ha- I, I looked the best and felt the best I've ever felt. Oh, good. I remember taking, having a photo shoot like a week and a half into it, and these photos were, you know, I just looked so lean and healthy yeah. and clear, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I remember when I went to Whole Foods to look for foods, I saw Whole30 stamped on the bacon that we were just talking about. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this person has really created something if the food industry is getting behind it and putting labels on their food and the packaging. So yeah. congrats on everything. Thank you. You've sold, what, 2 million copies? Or no, million Just copies. Just a million. You can put it out there, though, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. two. You'll get to 2 million. You sold two million co- a million copies in two years, is what I meant to say. Yeah. And you've got a new book coming out called The Whole 30 Day by Day, Your Daily Guide to Whole 30 Success. Now, how is that different than The Whole 30? So the Whole30 is kind of like your go-to practical application, how to do the program. So for people who want to go in and they need all the help that they can get with planning and preparing, we teach them how to cook. So like how to grill a chicken breast, how to Mm. roast some vegetables, all the basics, Uh and then give them a bunch of recipes. So it's kind of like your step-by-step, like this is how to do the program. In Whole30. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But what I've learned along the way with like watching hundreds of thousands of people go through it is that people want as much help as they can get, especially around food because food is so emotional. Mm -hmm. So Whole30 Day by Day is essentially the last two and a half years of me watching people go through the program, observing what they experience on any given day and figuring out how to support them on that specific day. So it's like part field manual, part guided reflection. It's motivation and support and tips and tricks and habit and a little uh, habit research and a testimonial related to that day for all 30 days of the program. And then there's some guided reflection because the more closely connected you stay to the process, the better chance you have of making that habit stick. Yeah. So it's kind of like your field manual, your companion to Got the 30 book. Got it. Now you started this program in 2009, yeah. correct? Yeah. But why did you wait, you know, 6 years to come out with a book? Well, the first book it starts with food came out in 2012. 
Got it. So three years, and it starts with food is kind of like the science behind the program, the why. Uh So if you're a Gretchen Rubin questioner and you want to know why you're doing what you're doing and have to understand the science behind it, that's the book you start with. But it took three years for that book to come out because we were just making the program good and like wanted to get it in people's hands and see how it did and see how we could support them. And just like, we weren't thinking about selling books. We were just thinking about how many people can we reach? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then you decided to come out with Whole30. Yeah. Why did you come out with the book at that time? So 2012, we wrote It Starts With Food. It explained a bit about the Whole30, how to do the program, some of yes. the science behind it. And we were like, cool. Okay, phew. We're done. Nobody, yeah, nobody's going to need, this is it. You can this do the Whole30. <laughs> and we're going to be able to talk about other stuff. You know, we can talk about exercise. We can talk about sleep, whatever we're interested in. And then everyone who read It Starts With Food was like, this is awesome. I love knowing but the I science. I like this one chapter of the Whole30. Can you yes. tell us more? Yes. How do I actually do the program? And mm. we were like, oh, people need way more information. So that's where... Like everything I've ever written is because the community has said, I need this to be successful. And I'm like, okay, I can write that for you. Cool. So that's where the whole 30 came from was people saying like, okay, cool, but tell me exactly what to do. Right. Now, did you expect it to be as big as it is? Um, no, of course You're not. like, people are going to love this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be bigger than paleo. Like oh, goodness, no. I mean, I knew it was a good program because yeah. we had a lot of people coming back reporting really similar, remarkable results. And I had remarkable results. So I knew it was good, but no, of course not. You never think about writing a book or having it grow or seeing your logo on bacon and whole crazy, foods. right? Yeah. How many, how many, yeah. uh, food products is your logo on that you're aware of? I feel like we have about maybe 70 or 80 whole 30 approved partners no way. that oh, have oh, yeah. your, your logo on their food. It's really crazy. That yeah. We're, you're going to see it in 70 partners. Uh, yeah, on packaging. So now I don't think everyone has it Maybe on, it's on their, their packaging, or but yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got Holy some big cow. brands in the works, like, and we're really selective about who we choose to partner with, too. Really selective. Now, do they reach out to you, or do you reach out to them? They reach out to us. No always. way. Oh, and they yeah. say, "Can we partner with you and say this is Whole Thirty approved?" Yes. Yeah. Is it because they're getting requests, so many requests online or in their service box? It's like, hey, is this Whole30 approved? I think so. We're working with a really big brand right now who just reformulated their bacon. So that it was no, no sugar added. And I outreached to them and said, like, did you do this with Whole30 in mind? And they were like, yeah, we want to partner with you. And, like, it's in the works. It'll probably be out Holy in January. Cow. Yeah. It's like we're changing things. And I wonder if people are buying those products more. Oh, yes. Of course that. they are. So like, oh, I can't have these other things. I can only yeah, have this. Because here's the thing. Whole30 is kind of lowest common denominator. If you're paleo, if you're primal, if you're gluten-free, if you're dairy-free, if it's got a Whole30 label on it you know you can eat it. Mm. So it's sort of like, you know, you get that stamp of approval and it opens up that food to a variety of different populations, wow. not just people on the Whole30. Wow. So, yeah. Now, wh- why did you get into this in the first place? <sighs> That's a uh, very- search for food and like healthy living yeah. in the first place. Well, okay. I wasn't always super healthy and I kind of came to fitness and health when I got out of rehab for drug addiction. Okay. So I spent my college years basically- high for about four and a half years. And what when, type of high, you know, I was an equal opportunity user. I Anything didn't, I didn't have all. a drug of choice, which I think is unusual according to my rehab intake counselor. I only dated drug dealers for like three years and they had access to a lot of things. And wow. so I basically like did everything I could get my hands on. Where'd you go to school? I got really lucky university of New Hampshire. Um, a lot of drug dealers up in New Hampshire. Huh? I mean, there are drug dealers everywhere. everywhere. And I could find them if, if them. yeah, wherever I was. What I was could the, find them. the draw to dating drug dealers? When I found drugs, it was like the thing I was missing or looking for to help me sort of run away from some stuff that I like wasn't dealing with. And 
having access to that all the time just basically kept me right oblivious. What were those things you were running from? It all started when I was a teenager and experienced some sexual abuse by someone who was really close to me. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot of like manipulation and I was really, it was my first experience with sex and I was really young and it was someone I was supposed to be like trustworthy and I didn't tell anyone for a really long time. And when I finally started telling people, they didn't handle it super well and I felt really abandoned. Yeah. It's this whole big long thing. How did they not handle it well? They just made you wrong or? A little bit. I feel like some of the people who were the closest to me who should have taking care of me were so overwhelmed by what to do with this information that they just chose to pretend it didn't exist, which left me feeling really abandoned. And so I was very young. I wasn't self-aware at all. I didn't really know what to do with this information. And so I was looking for something to like not keep me here. Recover and yeah. Mm -hmm. And I tried drinking and that didn't work. I didn't like it. I tried not controlling other things in my life. And when I found drugs, I was like, oh, okay. Cool. You feel better. This is yeah. what I do now. Yeah. Wow. So when did was, you start when you were like 17, 18? Or? No, I didn't tell anyone about the abuse until I was about 18. Yeah. And I didn't start taking drugs until my freshman year of college. So it was about 19. And then I Got it. picked it up fast. What gave you the courage to even tell someone? Because uh, I never had the courage to tell anyone. Yeah, I, I've read your story. Um, it was necessity. This was a person who was in my life. He was very close with my family. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a family member, but a close family. Yeah, it was a family member. Yeah. Yeah. he would just continue to act like nothing was wrong really? and I would be expected to just like continue to do things. And he showed up at my house one day to pick me up to go for a drive. And I basically freaked out and told my dad was home and I told my dad. No way. Yeah, I just, I couldn't. Um, like, With him there? Yeah. Or I don't remember if he was there or if I sent him away, but basically wow. I had like this giant freak out and then kind of told and then it was this whole big mess. And your dad right? was like close to this person probably. Yeah, my dad, yeah. My dad almost killed him. No way. I mean, it was, yeah, right? That's well, how did that make you feel when he, stu- he kind of stood up for you that way or Yeah, no? I didn't. I was, you know, it's funny because I've had conversations with my dad after the fact. And it's interesting reconciling what I remember as a teenager mm-hmm. with hearing his story now. I'm almost seeing it from two different viewpoints, like 16-year-old Melissa and adult Melissa. And I think at the time, I didn't realize kind of what was going on behind the scenes with how my parents were choosing to handle it and mm. stuff. All I knew was that like something went horribly wrong and I didn't know what to think about it and I didn't know how to handle it. And it was probably my fault in some way. And so I don't think I was even aware of how it was being handled. I just know I felt really like lost. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I've literally never talked about that before. (laughs) Wow. Were you able to talk about it more with your dad or was it just kind of like... Yep. Yep. I talk with him quite a bit about it now, very openly, and I feel really good about it. He's really? been incredibly supportive. That's good. Yes, it's really good. But um, other people in your family weren't supporting you is what you're saying. Family dynamics are really yeah. hard. Yeah. I'll just be diplomatic about that. And it can be really hard when you take a look at something like that. When you really look at it, you have to accept a whole lot of information about what was going on at that time and the way you reacted and, and the truths that you learned as a kid and like, it's complicated. I will say everyone did the best they could. I truly believe that. I really think they did the best they could. And I'm a parent now. And I think about how I would handle that situation. Mm. And like, you just don't know, you know, it's It's unfathomable. It's crazy, right? It is. One in four women, one in six men. Yeah. Sexually abused. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. I feel like I was having a conversation the other day with someone who said that they will never have like a babysitter. They're only going to have like you know, the grandmother sure. or like yeah. a family member. 
But even then, it's like, who knows? No, you You never know. I know. You never know. And that's the hardest part, right? I don't expect anyone to have been able to like, you can't see something like this coming. No. You know, right after that event, I became kind of a wild child. Like I was a good kid. I studied Mm -hmm. super hard, got straight A's, was like, read my books and like did what I was supposed to do. And then things kind of started going wrong. I was sneaking out of the house and lying to my parents. And like, in retrospect, if I have a kid and something like that happens, you have to ask like, why the shift? Right. What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. But again, hindsight, right? Yeah. Hindsight. People, they did the best they could with, with yeah. what they had. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you went out to school. You found drugs. Yep. Felt the feeling you were looking for. Yep. And when did the drugs, when did you realize like, oh, I have a problem or this isn't working for me or this is not what I want to do anymore? Yeah. You do this thing to take you away from this other thing because mm-hmm. this is a problem. Addiction. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And then this thing becomes a problem. And then uh-huh. you're like, oh crap, now I have two problems, yeah. right? So, you know, I ended up having to drop out of school because I wasn't doing well. I really? moved down to Virginia to live with my dad for a little while until my behavior down there became so erratic because I found a drug dealer in Virginia too. No way. Of course I did. Yeah. And my behavior down there became very erratic. So I moved back home with my mom and I kind of ping ponged around. And my mom had a new husband at the time who was like, you know, your daughter's on drugs, right? And my mom has no experience with this and was like, no way, that can't be possible, you know? And eventually the wheels started to come off my bus in a pretty serious way. Really? And I had a boyfriend I was living with at the time who, bless him. A drug dealer? Nope, not a drug dealer. Wow. The like guy that I picked up, the good guy. The like good and guy. you made him wrong for everything probably, didn't you? I... <laughs> I don't think I took very good care of him at the end. I don't think so. But he took good care of me. And there was one night where he just said to me, like, you need, I'm going to get you help tonight or I'm leaving. Wow. And he did. He he called and they had a bed for me. And we literally went like in an hour I was in the rehab facility. Wow. I know. That's nice of him. My favorite ex-boyfriend. That's great. I do. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I thought he stood for you. Me too. And then what happened after that? Went to rehab, got clean. Uh, How found long did that take? Like 30 days? You're like inpatient for four weeks and then outpatient for a month or two. I had a, started working with a really great therapist who I worked with until like two or three years ago. Like we're talking, you know, many, many years of me working with this guy who really helped me kind of get through like mm-hmm. the abuse and like unpack yeah. all of that stuff. Was clean for a year and then relapsed for mm-hmm. a month or so and then pulled myself out of my hole. Said, okay. By yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You realize, like, oh, this isn't yeah. working. This is not okay. And then, What type of drugs are we talking here? I did a lot of, uh, I never shot up and I never smoked crack. Those were the yeah. two. Got it. I did a lot of heroin. I did a lot of ecstasy. I did a lot of hallucinogens. I smoked a lot of pot, like yeah. a lot of pills. Yeah. Basically, whatever. Yeah. Okay. But it was when I got clean for the final time, which was like 2000. That I found fitness. Really? And, yeah. That became and your nutrition. New and healthy addiction, right? Maybe for a little while uh-huh. I like over exercise, but that modulated itself really quickly. That's good. Yeah. I, I just I felt like I had to change everything yeah. about me and my life to stay clean. Yeah. I had to get new friends. I got rid of clothes. I stopped listening to certain music. I wow. moved. I started going to the gym. I made new girlfriends who like my goal was basically for me to tell people about my addiction story and have them be like, What that I can't picture that. Like that was what I wanted was mm. to remove myself so far from that situation. You changed your entire environment and yeah. everything you did. I did. That's great. Yeah. Growth mindset, right? I didn't know it at the time, but that's what I was doing. Yeah. I was embracing like this massive growth mindset. Uh-huh. This was 2000. Yeah. So you got into fitness and then yeah. nutrition. Yeah. And yeah. when did you start to feel like, okay, I'm back on track to a normal lifestyle or like a fulfilling lifestyle? I don't know that it was ever a moment. I just know that the farther along I got, 
the more I felt really settled in my new life, the more mm. I felt like I had really good coping mechanisms. I still have some buffers in place still. What I'm, does that mean? I'm 18 years from using drugs, right? Uh-huh. I'm almost 18 years clean and I still won't keep narcotics in my house. So when I had my son, I had an emergency C-section and they gave me pain pills and I gave them to his dad. And wow. I said, you keep these, you don't tell me where they are. You only give them to me if you think I need them, right? The, protective, Smart. just protective. Smart. Otherwise yeah. you can go right back into... I just want to create as much of a buffer mm-hmm. between me and that behavior Smart. as possible. That's but, Smart. but there was definitely a point where I was like, okay, I'm definitely a new person. I can't imagine no matter how like bad or crazy things get that I would go back to that. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it took a few years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so then you became a nutritionist, right? Yes. Sports nutritionist. Sports nutritionist. I had a, I was running a CrossFit gym. I was traveling with CrossFit, coaching people in kettlebells. So you got so. into this before CrossFit was big, right? You were kind of like- Kind of in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. 2005, 2006, earlier yeah. stages. Yeah. 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 Wow. A friend of mine that I played college football with won the CrossFit games, I think in oh. 2008 or 2009. Yeah. Graham, Graham Holmberg. I don't know if you know Oh, name, I don't know yeah. him. Yeah. He was the guy before Rich Froning. Yes. And went on to win like however many in a row. Yeah. So you got in early into that community- and yeah. you created a CrossFit gym. You must have been one of the first CrossFit, CrossFit gyms, right? I was like the second one in New Hampshire. No way. Yeah, it was cool. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And after you became a sports nutritionist, were you trying to get clients as a sports nutritionist? Or was it more the gym thing? Or what was the I was the just doing it part-time. I had like a nine-to-five job that I really liked that I was like, I had gone back to college. I got uh-huh. my bachelor's and I was working this nine-to-five job that I loved. And I was advancing and like doing really well there. And I was just doing this like gym stuff on the side. Really? Yeah, I was training clients, which I loved. I was doing some nutrition consulting, like very casually, just based on my own experience and some of the research I was doing. Rob Wolf was kind of a mentor of mine. So Being when he had, world, right? yeah. So when he had overflow clients, he'd kind of send them my That's way nice. and I was working with them. It was great. Yeah. 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 I learned a lot. And then I figured out the more I was doing with them with nutrition, the better results they got in the gym. Right. And my kind of area of interest was like working with women in nutrition, specifically telling women it was okay for them to like eat more, uh-huh. which was, I think a new concept for a lot of them. Even in the CrossFit world at Eat that more, point. more, but certain things, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't, have to, you don't have to starve yourself. Yeah. When I was on Whole30, I was eating pretty much every, anything yeah. all the time because yeah. I was missing out on sugar. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. give me an apple and almond butter. I was like dying. Yeah. Well, that's that emotional relationship <laughs> exactly, that I discovered right? really early on too. It's yeah. crazy. So critical. Yeah. Yeah. But then after a while, you start to like not need it as much Yeah. at the end of the 30 days. I actually went, well, I think it went 45 days. I was trying to go after 30 days of doing it. I was like, I'm going to do another 30. Yeah. And I did 45 and then I kind of like started to cheat a little. And then I was like, all right. Sure. But it was amazing and it felt amazing. I'm glad. Now, do you. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host 
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game, or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Stay whole 30, 24, 7, 365, or is this just like... Of course not. No. That's not the point. Yeah. What I is don't, the point? So we talk about the whole 30 and then living your food freedom, right? And food freedom is not me telling you what to eat 365 days a year. Yeah. There is no one-size-fits-all right. diet. And all the exercise and diet gurus say this, right? Oh, there's no one-size-fits-all. You have to figure it out for yourself. And then people are like, cool how do I figure it yeah. out? And the whole 30 is how you figure it out. It's you eliminate, you reintroduce, you start to bring little things back. You in, compare right? your experience. Uh -huh. And then based on what you've learned, you get to decide what's worth it for you in life after. And that's how you create the perfect diet for you. So that's what I've done. Wow. There's stuff that I bring back in on a really regular basis. Rice in my shoot, my sushi, no big deal. Hummus, no big deal. The occasional like glass of white wine, no big deal. And then there's stuff that I never eat because I know it messes me up so bad that yeah. it's just not worth it. What and then there's things? like in between goat cheese. Mm. It's like the worst for me. For mm. some reason, it makes my stomach God, so unhappy. So yeah. I know, but I don't miss it because it makes me feel like junk. When I came back off the whole 30, I didn't, I had like a thing of hummus and man, it messed me up. Yeah. Hummus can do that. But this I think maybe because I had like, I was like, well, maybe because I had the whole jug yeah. of hummus. And so maybe that's why, or maybe it was Could like be. the pita bread that I had. I don't know. Like yes. combination of right. everything. Maybe it's because of an empty stomach. Like, yes. And this knows. is why reintroduction is so carefully structured yeah. because we want you to learn as much as you can from the experiment, right? Yeah. Bring stuff back in really carefully and deliberately and figure out, you know, that way you're not asking yourself, is it the hummus or is it the pita bread? You right. know for sure. Yeah. And I, and I, I kind of the, bell, the yeah. best way, but yeah. yeah that's fine. It's <laughs> fine. There are always great. opportunities. But the thing is, like, so many people I talk to who go on the whole 30 get great results. You know, and it becomes a conversation. It's like a thing you can do together with friends. Me and my girlfriend did it together. Yeah. My entertainment lawyer uh, did it, and he got great results, and then it just keeps spreading, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. I feel like this is different. There's so many diet books out there or, like, uh, nutrition books out there. Yeah. But I feel like this is one that's really sustainable for people, and the people get great results, and they can always come back to. Because that's it is, like, just the whole foods. 
Yeah. It's like vegetables yeah. and meat. It's, you know, re- it's, like- <laughs> it's really easy. All you're doing is like picking from the shopping list yes. and you're not counting calories and you're not tracking and you're not weighing and you're not measuring. And here are like a thousand recipes you can pick from and mm-hmm. you can just put ingredient meals together if you want. Like yes. once you get the hang of it, it's actually pretty easy. Yes. Now I want to ask about, because you started this with your uh, ex-husband. Yeah. You started this program. Yeah. Was it your idea? Was it his idea? Was it? I mean, he was the one who suggested it in the first place. He's a physical therapist. Uh-huh. He had been doing some research into dietary factors that impact rheumatoid arthritis because his little sister had RA. Got it. And came across a paper from Lauren Cordain, who's like the paleo OG about lectins and certain foods. And as a physical therapist, he had had this shoulder injury that he just could not heal. And he removed some of these uh, foods from his diet yeah. and his shoulder pain cleared up miraculously wow. and never returned, mm. which really got his attention. And what then we, foods? he had, was eating a lot of beans. He was eating a lot of oatmeal. He was eating a lot of like grains and that was the stuff he pulled mm-hmm. out and his shoulder pain got better. Yeah. So when we went but to, some people aren't affected by that, right? They're not affected by the grains or the, yeah, it oats. affects different people in different ways to various degrees. And like Probably you at different said, stages of your life too. That also could be it, right? If you're experiencing a lot of life stress and you're chronically underslept and overtrained, then maybe those factors have yeah. more, right? This is the whole point of self-experimentation because there's no one size fits all. So we had gone to a seminar that Rob Wolf had given where he was talking about paleo, which was what Dallas had researched. And Rob was like, you know, just try it for 30 days. And that's basically what Dallas proposed to me. We were doing this really heavy Olympic lifting session and we were sitting around afterward and I was eating Thin Mints. I remember specifically thin like mints. Thin Mints right uh, out of the sleeve. I could have a whole box of Thin yeah, Mints. Right? So good. And he was like, we should do this like 30 day squeaky clean. And the thing that made me a really good drug addict also makes me really good at like taking on new habits. Uh-huh. Cause I was like, okay, when do you want to start? And he's like, now. And I literally handed the thin mints to my friend Zach and I was like, cool, let's go. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. And that was the start of the very first full 30. And so, did you have it all figured out? Like we're not going to have this, this and this, or it was kind of. It was really loosely based on the framework of a paleo uh-huh. diet. But uh-huh. when I went back, so I blogged about it on my like personal training blog back in 2009. And when I go back and read, it was super loosey goosey, right? Yeah. Like don't eat this, try to eat less sugar. Like it wasn't there anywhere was some near. There in there. There was Yeah, that, yeah. it wasn't super well defined. But um, still got great results, it sounds it like. It did. It got, I got incredible results. And like but different results than what he, he, his was more mostly physical. Mine were mostly like helping me identify a really unhealthy emotional relationship with food and helping Mm. me change that in a really permanent and profound way. Because I feel like when we have a structure, when we have guidelines, then we can be creative within those guidelines. Yeah. In life and with food. I like that. But you know, as an artist, sometimes when you're just like, okay, paint me a painting. Yes. It's hard to be creative. Yes. But when you say, I want you to paint me a painting with, Red, black, and green. Yes. And I uh-huh. want you to have like circular motions. Yeah. Then you can be creative and artistic with like the structure yeah. and the context. And I think when I had the context and the structure of the whole 30, it made me be more creative of how I could make my food yeah. or the things that I could order. Now, it limited me in some ways, but it gave me structure. Yeah. And I think that structure creates discipline as well. Yes. So a lot of people find the rules of the program, which are very black and white, very on or off, freeing. Because as you said, it takes some of the decision fatigue out of their brain. It eliminates the need to like white knuckle willpower your way through every decision. We say no added sugar. So when you pick up a label and you read it, you don't have to think, is this two grams of sugar? Is that too much? Is it not enough? Is it better? Or is it worse? Like it's just sugar? Nope, it's out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people yeah. find that very freeing, especially in the beginning, because when you're trying to 
create a new habit or change a habit. It's like when I went to rehab, they stick you all in a box and you're isolated from the rest of the world because in the beginning you're really fragile mm-hmm. and it's kind of similar. Yeah. There's a lot of um, addiction and recovery like language built into the whole 30, sure, which sure. I didn't even realize until kind of after the fact. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, when did you get married? Mm. What year was that? Oh my gosh. You don't remember. I should remember. How, how 2011? 2011. The I bo- think the book came out 2015. Yeah, the whole 30 book, yeah. And when did you get divorced? Boy, we separated 3 years ago in October, and then the divorce took a year to finalize. So before the book came out, you got divorced or separated. Let me tell you this. So yes. The writing a book must have been interesting. We separated before the book was written. And, <laughs> and then had you wrote the to, book together? No, I wrote the book. Oh my gosh. But then we had to do a book tour together. No way. When no one knew that we were separated. Shut up. Yeah, we did. And listen, we didn't want anything to detract from the book. Our publishers had invested a lot in us. Of course. We wanted to make it about the book and the community, not about us personally. We never made it about us personally. We came together and like nailed it. He and I both did an incredible job. So we're I feel putting like. our we feelings put it aside. aside. Yep. We're and we just analyzing this. We did. Yeah, we did. And we I don't think we were disingenuous about it. We weren't pretending to be this like super happy. You were like lovey dovey holding hands. Nope. But when it came time to go out and meet people and talk, we did it. We did a great job and I'm really proud of us for doing that. Wow. But it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that maybe that would bring you guys back together since you guys were able to do something. No. No, nobody was under that impression. How was this for you then writing a book with a partner that you're separating with and having, you know, whatever emotional challenges you're both having. So I'm assuming he had his own emotional challenges about you. Uh, you course. had stuff about him. Yeah, of course. Two sides of every story. I don't even know what happened. It doesn't matter. But how did you emotionally handle this with your food and nutrition and working yeah. out during this time? Were you able to stay Whole30 approved essentially? Or were you kind of like a mess inside with this emotional turmoil? It was the most emotional and like stressful period of my life. And I have... And you were I, pregnant, right? Or you were, uh, No, we had had the baby at that point. Our gotcha. kid was one. Oh so, gosh. I mean, I was a new mom. But I have never been happier. I've done so much therapy, like so much therapy. And all of the therapy we did in the over the course of our marriage, trying to make things Together, work, and, yeah. and individually prepared me for this time period, which was this is like the most stressful event I could ever imagine going through, and I can still choose to be happy. And I did. So, I did well. Wow. I, I focused on break my, down and like, no, crumble. I mean, no, you know, anytime I had periods of like either resentment or anger or frustration, like they were very short lived. I was able to really even, I was able to kind of work, process them and work my way through them. I was taking good care of myself. I was taking good care of my son. I had good relationships with my friends. It was like one of the happiest periods of my life, which sounds so strange, wow. but it was, That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That was when I feel like my performance in the gym went up and I started back at yoga again and like, yeah, all of this new stuff. Just, it's hard, you know, when you're trying so hard to make a relationship work and we were both trying hard to make it work, you give up so many pieces of yourself in an effort to kind of compromise of and course. like put, get this thing off the ground. And then once it was clear that it wasn't going to work, I felt like, okay, now it's time to find me again. Mm. And that felt good. Yeah. It felt really good. Now, so you guys were separated before the book came out. Yeah. Why yeah. did you keep your last name? Yeah. Before the book came out, that why wouldn't you change your name? So back. 
I had an opportunity. Did you have a big platform already personally? Yeah, that was uh, basically it. I had a conversation and it seems so uh, weird to say like my agent helped me decide whether I should change my name back to my, you know, ma- right. my maiden name after I divorced. But I had the conversation with him, say- with her saying, can I go back? My last name is Urban. Can I go back to Urban? And she was like, man, that's a tough sell. Every book you've ever written is under Hartwig. Oh. All of the Whole30 stuff is under Hartwig. Like that's how people know you. Got and it. I wasn't so well known. You know, I'm not Glennon Doyle. We're like, you, right. she could change her last name to right whatever back. she wants yeah, and yeah. people would know who she was. So yeah. I didn't have that opportunity. And my son's last name is Hartwig. Yeah. So I, did, I don't love it. I will say <laughs> I don't love it. But you could change it back now. Maybe I could. Right. Maybe I could. Maybe I should have thought of that before the new book who <laughs> comes knows? out. <laughs> it's still time. It's not printed yet. But, it's true. Um, wow. Interesting. Do you feel like having control over your nutrition and your fitness has helped you emotionally navigate divorce and the emotions of all that as well. Oh and my gosh, and yes. like divorcing a human, but also divorcing in a business. Yes. Because you had to do both essentially, right? You did. Yes. And the, and the business was way harder. The business was very really? challenging. You know, I think personally we had both reconciled ourselves and that part was really easy. And well, that's good. The co-parenting is easy and all uh-huh. of that stuff. Yeah, it was tough. Um, yes. In times of great stress, I'm a huge fan of controlling the things you can control. And the things I could control were the food I put in my body, how much I slept, at least making conscious decisions to like go to bed early and Mm. sleep, you know, and at least get as much good sleep as I can and exercise in a smart fashion. Yeah. Not over-exercise, not beat myself up, not kill myself, but like move my body in a way that felt good. Mm. So I did. What advice would you give to women going through divorce who have a tendency of emotional eating? as a challenge for themselves, just in general in life. And now they're going through a divorce, whether they're business partners or not, but they're divorcing and going through this. What suggestions or strategies or tips would you have give for them? Yeah, for me, I think the thing that resonates the most is that people are reaching for food in these times of emotional struggles, but they're not you don't want a cookie. You're looking for a connection. Mm. And I think people, especially at the end of a marriage, you've probably already isolated yourself a little bit from friends and family because when your relationship's not going well, it's really hard to socialize and pretend like it is, or you don't want to bring other people down with all of your issues or they've been hearing about it for so long already. So you tend to pull back anyway. So you're missing these like good in-person connections that can be so helpful with you processing and, and shifting and instead you're reaching for food. So my advice and what I tried to do in my own life was just like stay as connected as possible to the people who really mattered. Mm. And I shared really openly and we weren't always talking about my feelings or the divorce. Sometimes we were just going to a yoga class or going for a walk and like that was great too. Yeah. But not isolating and like purposefully forging those connections can be so helpful. Yeah, it'll help you better. Yeah. Who do you feel like does a better job with the whole 30, men or women? That's tough. So our audience is mostly women. And I think it's a couple fold. I think the diet industry in general is mostly driven by women. And as much as I wouldn't say the Whole30 is a diet, that's kind of where we fall. We connect with most of our readers via social media and women are far more likely to engage over Mm. social on a concept like this. I think what I hear from men is, oh yeah, I totally did the whole 30, but like I never blogged about it. I never social mediated about it. You know, I never like went on a forum and asked for support. Mm -hmm. Men tend to do a little bit better, maybe for two reasons. One, they lose, they tend to lose weight faster. And that can be, they do. Yeah. For a number of reasons. Ah, They've got more muscle mass, testosterone. They tend to have 
this is a very gross yes. generality, but like they maybe don't have as much or as deep of an emotional relationship with food as women do. I know men still have their emotional issues with food, but from what I've observed, they don't tend to either run as deep or be as strong. Why is that? I don't know. You tell me. I, I know. know. I can throw down a box of donuts at any time. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. And is it hard Here's for you? Here's the thing. I can do it when I'm sad or emotionally distraught. Or I can do it when I'm celebrating. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we just did this. Yeah. Let's get a box of pizzas and donuts. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, Interesting. So that's the thing. And then here's the thing. I just read this actually a couple of weeks ago. Actually, JJ Virgin brought this to my attention. Yeah. She sent me an article about, it's about like essentially gender nutritional habits. How for men, there's a way, a style of eating that's different than women. Yeah. In general. I'm sure. talking about. Yeah. Where it's competitive for men. Oh, interesting. Where it's like, oh, I can eat more than you. Oh, yeah. You don't see a lot of women doing no, that's like a boy food thing. eating contests. No, 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 right? no. It's like, it's projecting <laughs> your masculinity of like, oh, I can beat you at this sure. as well. Yeah. I can be like bigger and, or I can drink the beer faster than you. Yeah. Or I can do these things uh, yeah. better than you. That's or, true. Or, or men do barbecues. So we're all going to have lots of meats and all these other things where m- women eat salads yeah. or whatever. Sure. And they eat slower. Yeah. So Maybe. there's like yeah. this gender kind yeah. of like... I definitely don't want to insinuate that like guys don't have emotional relationships with yeah. food. I think maybe where I was going with this was that women tend to be a little bit more like mind screwed when it comes to food because we've been fed the diet industry oh. and the thin inspiration yeah. our whole lives. And that hasn't been as directed towards men, I don't think. Yeah. So, you know, we've got the Cosmo magazines and the glamours and all the other stuff and the media and the diet industry telling us that we're not skinny enough and we're not toned enough and whatever. Yeah. So you add that to an emotional relationship with food and that can be really challenging. Mm. What advice do you have about women who are emotional eaters in general? How to like separate themselves from that or how to navigate it or yeah, you accept know, it? I don't know what's even the, the best way to go about so it. So like part of it is biological, right? Like under periods of chronic stress, we crave sugar. It is biological. It is what happens in our system with our hormones when we are under stress and our body thinks that we need to run from the tiger or fend off the attack and we want quick and easy energy. Like mm. that's a very simplistic overview, but part of it is biological. So there's almost a piece of that that can be really freeing for people. Like okay, you know, you're going through a really difficult divorce and finances are tight and you're not sure where you're going to live. Of course, you're craving sugar, right? Of course. So that's expected. So that can be almost comforting for people. Just the awareness of that. I think Understanding so. it. Yeah, yeah, right? Understanding kind of what's going on behind the scenes can make you feel less crazy. Like, I don't really want this, but why am I craving it? And once I start eating it, I can't stop. I think for some people, if your emotional relationship with food isn't to the point where you would consider yourself addicted or you're not eating specifically as a result of like some kind of unresolved trauma or mm-hmm. an issue, maybe doing a reset like the Whole30 can help yeah. where you know, you're pulling this stuff out of your diet and physiologically and psychologically, we are giving you a reset from these foods that are making you crave and overconsume mm-hmm. and get you stuck in this cycle. Yeah, so that way you have better habits- yeah. Afterwards. Yeah. Do it but, for 30 days. Yeah. And then you're not as craving as much. Yes. And that works really well for some people. For others, I say like, just go talk to, you got to go talk to someone. Yeah. It's about the food, but it's not about the food. It's about like all of this stuff that's coming underneath and behind the food. And like, you need to look at that, yeah. right? That is sending you to the food. Right. You need to release it. Yeah. You need to connect about it in yeah. a different way. Yeah. And I'm a huge fan of therapy. Any mm. modality that happens to work for you, like these things, a lot of these things are too big to unpack yourself. Mm-hmm. Too big. Mm. So, wow. Yeah. What else are you excited about in your life right now? Uh, my son's amazing. He's four and a half and super fun. 
his own like great little personality. And he's yeah. just getting to the age where like I'm doing stuff with him instead of just like toting him along everywhere, uh-huh. which is cool. So he gets to tell me what he wants to do on a weekend and he loves being outside and hiking yeah. with me and stuff. So that's good. I feel like I have such an awesome network of friends right now. Yeah. Such and like guys and girls, which is cool. I never had girlfriends growing up. Really? Not really. Like the lone girl. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I think maybe I had some like defense mechanisms and now it's like, I like sharing with my girlfriends and like we get, yeah, we sit down and just like get into it. There's not like, yeah. So that's, feels really good. I'm traveling a ton. I love what I do for work so much. I love it. Helping people. All of it. Yeah. All of it. Creating resources, meeting them, hearing their stories. Like, what do you need? What can I do for you? Let Mm -hmm. me help. You know, Mm -hmm. I love it so much. It's super fulfilling. What would you say is missing for you? A solid, like personal life a relationship it's kind of the excuse that feeds it right like i've been in this period of work hustle where work is going really well and i've put out you know i've been writing books like crazy and is your fifth book now or what this is my it'll be my sixth but it's the second year that i will put out two books in a row that's like crazy i and i don't have as much to do with the cookbooks but like still right so work is going really well so i'm focusing on work and i also have my kid and i sleep really well and i'm at the gym all the time and i do yoga all the time and stuff and it's like I date someone and then they're like, you're kind of hard to date. And I'm like, you know, because I'm not around and I travel so much and stuff. So it's easy almost to say like, well, I'll just put that off for a little while. Except I've been saying that for a little while. Yeah. So, you know, maintaining personal relationships can be tough for a number of reasons. So that's, I think that's what's missing. What's it going to take for you to... To bring it into your life. Some pretty conscious pulling back of what I do for work. Some pretty conscious, like this could be a good opportunity, but I'm going to pass on it for now and really Mm -hmm. focus on like connecting in my relationships. Right. Or do you feel like if you found someone that was worth pulling back for, you would? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's a good way of looking at it too. Let's just put it this way. For the first time in a long time, I'm like tossing it out there. Oh. Right? Like, okay, universe, I'm kind of ready for this. That's cool. Yeah. I'm ready for like something that's a little more connected and a little more serious. It's been three years. I took the first year and a half and like didn't really date at all because I felt like I needed that space for me and that was great. Uh, But yeah, I think I'm ready for it. So maybe that's it. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. What have you learned about building an online community around this topic? Because I think there's a lot of people who are experts or nutritionists or just in in general coaches helping other people, but you've built like a great community through different groups on Facebook and social media, your website. What would you say has been helpful for you in, in navigating that and cultivating that? Yeah. So I think it's two things. I think number one, it is like serving them. And I stay incredibly engaged with my community, like me directly, right? I'm not, nobody's- So much time, right? It is so much time. I the same time. way. I'm like yes. one by one replying to uh-huh. so many people. Yes. And it's the most important part of my job. It <sighs> is how crazy, right? you build connection. It's how you build loyalty. It's how you get great ideas for your business. Somebody says, oh, you should have this person on your podcast. And if 10 other people chime in, you're like, oh, I, they weren't on my radar, but I should. And then you're serving them and it's good for you and it's good for them. Like- serve your community, cultivate the community. If you do that, everything else will follow. I have people now who are fiercely loyal to the program who I write a book and they're like, I'll buy it. 
I don't need it, but I'll buy it because I want to support you. And it's because I'm not trying to sell them stuff. I'm just serving them. But I think the more important thing is that behind the community or the marketing or whatever your social media is, like you have to have a product that's really good. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people overlook that. don't have a good product. Yeah. You know, you can have the flashy marketing camp. I mean, this is me telling you this. I feel silly even, you know, but you know what I'm saying, right? You can have the best smoke and mirrors and show and prettiest Instagram feed. But like if at the heart, you don't have something that actually gives people what they need and what they want and works for them, then like they're not going to stick around. And the point is to cultivate a loyal following, not just a flash in the pan set of followers. Right. It starts with the product. It does. And then it's engagement yeah. and listening to what they want and yeah. serving them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's slower yeah. and it's not as sexy. Mm-hmm. And you maybe don't have these like giant gains, right? And maybe you're not getting all of these major offers to promote sponsored stuff on your, but like, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of that. Right, right, exactly. I'm really not. I like to keep it really authentic and personal and yeah, Mm. that's what I like to do. What would you say is your greatest gift? Oh, I'm really good at speaking to people the way they want to be spoken to. Meaning I can take a message and within not a very long period of time, I can figure out whether you need that message delivered tough love style Mm -hmm. or cheerleader style or sciencey style I've mm. cultivated that. Yeah. I'm good at that. That's smart. Which is really helpful when you're trying to inspire change. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty good at that. And the biggest weakness? Really, I tend to be a little dogmatic, especially mm. in the beginning. Again, I'm very black or white. I'm very yeah. on or off. Um, it's taken me <laughs> a long time to cultivate a sense of like nuance and context. <laughs> and, um, and empathy is something that I've had to like work at and teach yeah. myself. So I still struggle and sometimes fail in that. But I'm not afraid to say, like, I was wrong. Mm. Here's where I was wrong. Sorry about that. Here's what I'm going to do in the future, right? Oh, that's cool. I'm not afraid to do that. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Final few questions. This is called Three Truths. Okay. So this is the last day for you many years from now. Yes. But all of your content is erased from history. Yeah. And so there's no information that you shared available anymore. Yep. And you had a piece of paper and a pen to write down three things you know to be true about all your experiences. Yeah. The lessons you would leave behind. Yeah. What would you say are your three truths? Oh, love yourself. Love more. God, those would be the only two, I think. Just love. Yeah. More love. That's it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. What are you most grateful for right now? I'm the most grateful to be able to spend my days doing something that I love to do so much. This work, I feel like I have found my like life's calling. This is what mm-hmm. God put me here to do. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything I could be more grateful for than that. Obviously yeah. my son and my family, but like that, the fact that I feel like I'm living my purpose. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Well, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Melissa, for your ability to transform your habits and get out of a dark place. Because I think for some people, it's hard to stay, to get out of that. Once you've been addicted, once you've been yeah. in that space, it's really easy to keep going down that path. So for you to get yourself out of there and to have someone stand for you and you for to listen to that person and then to continue to make your life about transformation for others, it's really inspiring and powerful. So Thank I want to you. acknowledge you for that. Yeah. Thanks so much. Of course. The new book is called The Whole 30 Day by Day, Your Daily Guide to to Whole30 Success. It's out now when this comes out. You guys can get it online. What's the website as well? For Whole30.com. Whole30.com. W-H-O-L-E and the number three zero. Whole30.com, yeah. at Melissa Hartwig. Make sure to check her out on social media. Get the book. 
I've done the program. It's amazing. So I highly recommend it. And uh, it's probably the best results I've gotten from anything. I mean, I've tried paleo. I've tried all these different things. But Whole30 felt like it was something I could continue to do and want to come back to do. So That makes me so happy. Yeah. So I recommend it. With so much out there in the, the nutrition space that it's just hard to – so something seems to always come out new every day, mm-hmm. right? I feel like this is something that's really sustainable because yeah. it's the best foods that you're supposed to be eating. Yeah. So I highly recommend you guys check it out, Whole30.com. You can learn more about it there. The final question is, what is your definition of greatness? Ooh, I think my definition of greatness is showing up as yourself, period. That's it. Whether I'm interviewing with you or whether I'm at home with my kid or whether I'm speaking in front of 400 people, like, am I showing up as me? Am I just Melissa right now? That's pretty great. Mm. Melissa, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. you. There you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this one. And if you did, make sure to share it with your friends. Let me know what you thought of this. Tweet me at Lewis Howes. If you go to the show notes, you can watch the full video interview at lewishowes.com slash 571. All the resources, information about Melissa's new book. Again, make sure to pick up a copy of that going to be powerful for you going into the new year. I highly recommend trying the Whole30. Every time I do it, I get transformational results. So check out the new book. Tag me, tag Melissa over on Instagram stories, Twitter, Facebook, all the good stuff. Share this out with your friends who you think might find this inspiring and helpful as well. Someone who's gone through a divorce, someone who's gone through addiction and overcome it, someone who is launching a business, someone who's looking to get healthy. All these things are added in this one. So make sure to check it out. As always, you were born for a reason. You were born and put on this earth for a purpose, a mission. You're at a season in your life right now where you may know what that mission is or you may have zero clue what it is. It's your moment to figure out what it is and to take action towards it. And if you already know what it is, then you know now is the time to step it up. As the year finishes, it's time to get clear on what you're going to create next year and how you're going to build this momentum into next year. So get clear on your vision for what you want in your life, for your health, your relationships, your finances, your career, your spirituality, your play. Get clear, write these things down, and start taking action on a game plan. That's how you're going to take this to the next level next year. And as Bernard Williams said, Man never made any material as resilient as the human spirit. Remember how resilient you are. You might have gone through some crazy things this year, but you are one resilient mother effer. It's time to step up. You got this, and you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, 
and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh-generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula. For when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken in white pants is a great idea, totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of seventh generation. Find seventh generation laundry detergent in fresh lavender and other scents at seventhgeneration.com. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. At Capella University. You'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.